Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Minister of National Defense, Arjit Sajjan, was censured by Parliament this week over his handling of sexual misconduct issues in the Canadian Armed Forces. So a great deal has been said and written and reported on the issue, and it deserves a tremendous amount of attention, but it also deserves a great deal of action. Now, the minister was also censured for how he dealt with the government's court case, or non-case, against Vice Admiral Mark Norman, who's been a guest on this program on many occasions and will be back with us, and Sajjan's handling of the military mission against ISIS, and more particularly, removing the CF-18s from the coalition that was battling ISIS. So we have a lot to talk about with our guest. He's back with us. Always great to have him with us. Colonel Michel Drapeau, he's retired from the military after more than 30 years, but he's a military matters lawyer in Ottawa and highly respected nationally. And uh, the website is mdlo.ca. We're also going to be speaking with the colonel about a book he co-authored, Canada's Military Justice System is in a Meltdown, Will Government Act? So we want to talk to the colonel about that, but let's begin with the uh, sexual misconduct story. Uh, colonel Drapeau, thank you again for Coming back on the program, we, we have recent reports uh, from the Status of Women Committee most recently this week on sexual okay. misconduct in the Canadian Armed Forces. Um, how, what do we make of these reports? They come out fast and furious. Or do you think they have an impact? Not with the current management, certainly not with the current government and, and current Ministry of National Defence. I mean... The uh, the report by the House of Commons uh, Committee on on uh, on women uh, it's uh, five party in fact and including the Liberals on the committee that have made a, a a number of recommendations. The first of which is to create an office of Inspector General uh, to oversight uh, provide oversight over D and D. It's absolutely excellent. Uh, the uh, the narrative is exceedingly well written. It came out at the right time. Um, both the NDP and the Bloc uh, have supported it. They've added their their own commentary and uh, made additional recommendation. But the essence of it, and I, I forget how many witnesses appeared before the committee, many of them military, many of them uh, uh, from civilian life, from academia uh, and the like, men and women. It's a, uh, it's a groundbreaking uh, report as far as I'm concerned. And you don't have to look any further. It incorporates all the recommendations that were made by Madame Deschamps. And in several respects, it, it paralleled and also absorbed the recommendation made by Mr. Justice Fish. So if you want to fix the issue, you don't have to go any further than this. Uh, there's been uh, to, simply uh, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of testimony, a lot of attention, a lot of thought going into it. And that's it. I mean... Don't expect a miracle. Don't expect something else. Just take this report and implement it. And if you if you do this, uh, I don't think you can possibly go wrong by improving it, improving the morale, improving the, the conduct, improving the oversight, and uh, regaining the kind of luster and the kind of reputation the armed forces used to have uh, at home and abroad. At the moment, it's no longer the case. You uh, you know women who have been subjected to sexual misconduct. Mm, indeed. In the armed forces, and you have clients who have been in that position, do you not? Yes, many of them. Many of them. So how pervasive is 
the issue of sexual misconduct within the armed forces. And what might a typical hypothetical, I don't know if that even makes sense, how, how would a typical situation develop? Statistic Canada uh, conducted a, a very broad, there was about 40,000 members of the armed forces uh, that in fact uh, were surveyed uh, in 2018. And they said at that time, there were 900 assaults that took place uh, between 2018 and 19 after uh, the, uh, uh, the Deschamps report and after the Oponor had been done. Uh, that's eight or 900 a year assault. And they tend to be happening where there is a, a, a chain of command, a, a power relationship. Uh, so it doesn't have to be only officers and senior officers, but uh, in, in many respects also, there'd be a senior master wine officer or, or a sergeant over a corporal. Most of them would be of the lower rank and in a subordinate position uh, and uh, where their male superiors are able to... Uh, uh, take advantage of that and eventually, uh, you know, A, arrest them and in some cases go further than that. There's also a several occasion where members of the military in a mixed fashion are also uh, engaged into some social activities at the end of an exercise, for instance, or aboard a ship where liquor is served and uh, uh, alcohol is, uh, is almost, not always, but significantly present. Uh, so, uh, a recommendation that has not been made but could be made is we could ban alcohol in in, in unit lines when uh, people are in operations or whatever. It, it happens to be in most other navies and most other armed forces, but Canada, we still have a very, a very open bar type of system, and when you mix alcohol and, uh, and that type of scenario, then sometimes you could... You could you could arrive at the, uh, at the type of thing that we're discussing. So it, it is a variety. Some of this uh, harassment leads to, uh, to assault, and sometimes it is extended over a fairly long period of time. The vast majority of those victims, because of their younger age and because of the, of the lower, lower rank, do not report the crime. If they report the crime, they have to report it to their chain of command. Most often they're not. It's individual in the chain of command that are responsible for the harassment of the assault. So it's a catch-22. They can't do it. If they manage to report it to the military police, they don't have a sense of confidence in the military police. So Madame Deschamps said it, and it's, it's been proven. Most victims of the armed forces, the vast majority of them, do not report the crime. And, and this is what we're seeing now. Individuals that have been subject to assault 10 years, 20 years, 30 years after, now they see there's an appetite for it. There's a possibility for them. They're coming forward and, and basically are making the allegations. In the meanwhile, their offender has made a full career, has gravitated through the higher ranks and so on and so forth. So it's, it's a royal mess. And until we have an inspector general, until we have an independent police that uh, investigate these, in other words, take the sexual assault, uh, uh, the, the, the crime of sexual assault, totally out of the military, totally out, uh, and uh, make sure, in fact, that any one of those victims can call 911 uh, and uh, receive independent, experienced, qualified police uh, services, and prosecution takes place when, whenever that is required, which is at the moment is not uh, is not taking place, and when they go to a to a court martial, 
often the accused will have a choice to uh, to plead down. He would plead to uh, and discipline your offense, like conduct or prejudice or good or discipline, and get away with a reprimand or a fine. So the system is totally broken. Uh, there are ways to fix it. It's been recommended. I've recommended in the books that you've alluded to. It's been recommended by uh, the Committee on the, on, the, on, the, on the Condition of Women's. Uh, it's been done by Justice Fish and so on and so forth. All we need is a political will to do it. It could be done overnight. Nothing uh, dramatic about it, nothing uh, special. It could be done overnight. That's stunning. That really is stunning. Colonel Drapeau, talking about women who are, who are subjected to um, sexual misconduct, it seems like such a, it's almost a sanitized term. It's a lot worse than that. But, but you wrote in, uh, in, in the foreword of your book, after a decade-long quest for justice, victim of sexual assault and advocate for victims' rights, Stephanie Raymond, learned that her assailant would plead guilty before the Quebec Superior Court of Justice. So she, she lived with the, the pain and the reality of what happened to her. And then the individual who was charged pled guilty. So that was almost a, would that have been almost like an, a non-solution? What, I mean, what was it like for her? Yeah, sort of a way. Uh, but, I mean, she went through a court-martial. I mean, the assault took place back in 2011. The court-martial took place in 2014. And he was represented by military lawyers at public expense through the court-martial. He was found not guilty by the court-martial. It went to the court-martial appeal court. He was found... Uh, the court-martial appeal court decided to have a new trial... Uh, this trial was sent back. Uh, meanwhile, it went to the uh, it went to the Supreme Court for uh, a couple of technical issues and so on. And it's only after the te- the Supreme Court decided, in fact, to yes, he needs to be retried again, that they asked Madame Raymond whether or not at that time whether or not she would elect to have a court martial again or a civilian court, and she elected a civilian court which was the right decision to do. Uh, and uh, and then um, st- then uh, the Gagnon, which is the name of the warrant officer, uh, pled uh, guilty as opposed to going through a new trial. Um, and uh, he will be sentenced uh, on the 13th or 14th of July. So it will be a whole 10 years. And Madame Raymond, in fact, is uh, in many respects a game changer. Uh, she went to court. She she pursued uh, the case, despite the fact that originally she was told there was no case and so on. Uh, she did, and she maintained, and she, uh, she decided not to accept the protection of the court by, uh, by, um, by not um, disclosing her name and so on and so forth. She wanted to testify in open court with, uh, you know, so that uh, people would know and she'd be able to relate this and so on. So in many respects, if, ha- if we have the consciousness in the public as we have today and the changes that are about to be, and they're being proposed and so on, in many respects is due to her and her courage to face uh, her assailant and to, and to decide to push it all the way as opposed to just shut it down and then and go on with her life. Yeah. But be- having said all of that, she'll have to wait until the 13th of July to know what kind of sentence this individual would have. At the very least, he has pled guilty, but she never had an opportunity to, uh, to, to have her day in court, so to speak. So we've had the same Minister of Defense for six years, 
Hard about six years, yes. Right, six years. And he was censured in Parliament this past week. And one of the areas, one of the reasons he was censured, there were two others, but this was one, of course, is handling or mishandling of sexual misconduct issues. Now, the prime minister says that uh, the minister is um, the victim of, I think he said slander. What is your assessment of the job that Harjit Sajjan has done as Minister of Defense over the last six years on this issue of sexual misconduct? I've been associated with the military one way, shape, or form for the past 50 years. And the past 50 years, there's been 32 Minister of Defense. Uh, some of them have stayed there for months. Others have stayed there for a number of years. And if I were to rank them, uh, he'd be at the, at the, body, at the bottom, uh, soon the bottom half. And uh, he's, he's about... Uh, I mean, I, if I had a choice, I would have changed him two years ago, as simple as that. Um, he had an opportunity five years ago to implement the recommendations made by Madame Deschamps. None of those were implemented. So the program is his. At the moment, he is running the armed forces, which is not the task of a minister. And even if it were, he's not competent to do that. We have no chief of the defense staff. We have no vice chief of defense staff. We just had a new chief of military personnel. It seems to be that uh, he's, uh, he's issuing directions right left and center, and many of those generals have been removed without any due process, any procedural fairness whatsoever. He basically, he runs the show, except he runs a bad show. Uh, there is no question about it that the morale at the moment of the armed forces is at, is at the lowest level I've seen uh, since the Somali inquiry and even okay. before. We, it, it, we, its effectiveness is, uh, I mean, it, we are into a, a very dangerous position when it comes to national security yeah. that we don't have an armed forces with proper leaders and a proper morale and proper discipline ready to do the job. We have about 30 seconds left, and, and let's talk about uh, one of the other issues for which uh, Mr. Sajjan was censured, and you talked about leadership. Well, um, Vice Admiral Mark Norman, who was the vice uh, chief of staff in, in the military, was treated okay. very shabbily, and, uh, you know, he was accused crim- of criminal behavior and, uh, and not treated well by the, uh, by the minister, certainly not treated well by the prime minister. What's your sense of what happened to Admiral Norman? Terrible shame, and, and it's the same with uh, Major General Fortin and so on. I don't care whether or not these individuals have committed an offense of some sort. Even if they did, they deserve the same protection of the law, the same procedural fairness any one of us, any other Canadian would receive. And they're certainly entitled to have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And meanwhile, I think all the respect for what they've done, their service, some of them a 30-year service and so on, yeah. uh, we can, I mean, throw the book at them if they are to be found guilty, but in the process, make sure that they are entitled to due process, right. and this is not taking place at the moment, and is creating fear among a significant number of low-ranking members because they, they feel that okay. if anything of the like would happen to them, they would be treated the same manner. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.